wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for June 7th, 2018. I am Graham GSM Matthews. One week out from Money in the Bank weekend in Chicago. I will be there for TakeOver and Money in the Bank. Should be a great weekend in the second city. Uh, but here today, we're talking all about the latest in the world of WWE between Raw, SmackDown, maybe some 205 Live and NXT as well. But uh, as always, I'm not flying solo. We got Connor. Uh, at what's, what's your Twitter handle, Connor, on the Twitter machine? I always mess it up, and I don't want to... Potch it here on the show. Yeah, uh, my Twitter handle is at Concar89. At Concar89. I met Connor at Hell in the Cell weekend, I think, in Boston about a year and a half ago. We've been keeping in contact ever since. I mean, we've been following on Twitter, each other on Twitter even before, uh, even prior to that point. Um, but it's been a long time coming to get you here in the show, my man. I know we're going to be breaking down the, the world of WWE here today in the show. Um, but just a brief introduction. Your your uh, fandom with WWE. Document it for me. Where does it all start? Who are your favorite guys in wrestling right now? Tell the people about who Connor is. Well, we met back in Boston at uh, the Barnes & Nobles. We met Kevin Owens, if I'm correct. That is correct. The Universal Champion at the time. Yep. Um, so, I've been watching, I think, about the same length as you have. Uh, my first pay-per-view was WrestleMania 24. Just around that time, yeah, I started watching like soon after, so yeah, that was about eh, about 10 years ago, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, my favorite superstars right now are Smojo, Seth Rollins, The Miz. Anyone else outside of WWE that you would consider your favorites right now? Um, I'm guilty. I'm just a WWE guy. Um, I follow some of the news around like in Japan and stuff, but other than that, not really. Hey, just watching WWE is fine, too. I mean, the product is, has its uh, highs and lows right now, mostly lows as we go into Money in the Bank, but we'll talk all about that as the show kind of continues along here. Um, but before we get started, do you want to throw this out there real quick? People could check out new episodes of Wrestle Rant Radio every single week, not only on NextAirWrestling.net, but also on iTunes. People can subscribe to the show by simply searching up Wrestle Rant Radio on the Apple Podcast app. You not only get all the new episodes every single Thursday, you get all the archived episodes as well, dating back to October of 2013. And you can follow me on Twitter as well at WrestleRant, Facebook, Facebook.com, backslash Graham.Jason.Matthews, YouTube, same thing, all that stuff, and uh, NextDayWrestling.net for all my written reviews of Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT, and even some non-WWE stuff with Ring of Honor, Impact, and all that other good stuff. Uh, Ring of Honor just recently had their taping in New York City. I was at that last weekend. And they are doing some great stuff right now that's going to be playing out on TV over the course of the next few weeks, leading into their best-in-the-world pay-per-view later on this month. So, looking forward to that, as I am Money in the Bank, the bill to the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Continue this last week with Raw on Monday night. 
And again, not the most exciting episode, to be quite honest. It was probably one of the more dull episodes in recent memory. Uh, Connor, did this edition of Raw do anything to add to your excitement to the upcoming Money in the Bank pay-per-view? Um, well, I watched Raw this week more intently than I usually do because I knew I was coming on the show to review it. Um, usually I just sit back and do something while I'm both in the background. Uh, most of my notes were eh and okay, fine. Uh, there was one bad part, which was the Lashley Zane segment, which has been going on for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. There was some good, um, I, probably the best part for me was seeing 90 seconds of Drew McIntyre pissed off. Well, I know we had Not talked really. about that. Well, yeah, go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a question when you're done. Yeah, um, just seeing McIntyre like that, uh, that got me interested. Seeing him with Ziggler, like, that was, I mean, that was alright. Good way to introduce him back in the main roster, like, they have history before. And, um... I know we had talked about that over Twitter um, right after it happened on Monday with the with the fact that if you watch the WWE.com exclusive video with the interview of uh, Ziggler and McIntyre after Raw, that it looks like McIntyre, Ziggler does all the talking. McIntyre doesn't say a single thing. It looks like McIntyre just wants to kick the head right off of Dolph Ziggler's shoulders after it cost him that battle royal on Monday's Raw. Now, as the match progressed, they came back in the ring, they laid everyone out as a cohesive unit. So it doesn't look like they're breaking up anytime soon. But could this be the first step in breaking McIntyre away from Dolph Ziggler off in a singles competition? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've seen it before uh, multiple times. Nakamura, Corbin. Um, Ziggler seems to be the guy that introduces people. Um, he used an opening feud with uh, newcomers to the main roster. Uh, it's worked before, it hasn't worked before. Um, seems like this is getting a little more um, to it than some of the past ones. Um, but yeah, I'm interested. I mean, I guess we'll see where it goes. I was talking to someone last week about the same exact thing, where with McIntyre, it's not like you don't have a plan for him if he was to break off on his own right now. I mean, the guy is a great singles competitor. We saw that in his previous run with WWE. We saw that in NXT as a face, as a heel. The guy is great. You could slot him in a feud with Seth Rollins right now for the Intercontinental Championship. You can have him feud with Roman Reigns um, as like the chosen one versus the guy. I think that writes itself. Do you think coming out of Money in the Bank, if the plan is not to have Roman go right after the Universal Championship, do you think the plan could be to put Roman in a feud with McIntyre at some point in the not-so-distant future? Um... I mean, yeah, anything's possible. Um, yeah, we know McIntyre is loved backstage by the higher-ups like Vince and Triple H. Um, but yeah, seeing feud with Reigns, that could be possible. I know it's, it's reported that Lesnar was going to face Rollins, now Reigns, and back and forth. So it's kind of cloudy right now what's going to go on in the summer. But yeah, McIntyre-Reigns, that sounds like money to me. Well, that was my next question, too. I was just about to ask you about that. Where the, the reports were out this week, and I'm not sure if they have much credibility. It might be more rumors than reports, but I have seen the same thing in my Twitter timeline, that Seth Rollins is rumored to face Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship at the Barclays Center at SummerSlam this August. 
Um, if so, whether he's Intercontinental Champion or not by that point, we don't know. Um, but if that's the case, do you want to see Rollins be the one to ultimately dethrone Brock Lesnar as champion? And if so, do you think he is also the best choice to take that title from Brock Lesnar? Um, looking at it right now, I think that would be a good decision. I think within the last six months, anything would be good. Anyone would be good to take it from Lesnar. Um, just to get a, a title back on Raw and keep it in the spotlight. Lesnar doesn't need the title. I think we all know that. Lesnar's Lesnar. Any match with him will be big. Any feud will be fine on its own. Do you think SummerSlam is the show that the title's finally taken off of Brock Lesnar, regardless of who it is? Do I think so? Yeah, do you think so, yeah. Um, I mean, it's... How long is this title right now? Do you have a number? I don't have a number in front of me. I know it's easily over 400 days, because I know he's closing in on Punk's record, which is... I think he's a week away from breaking the record. I think he's, like, literally days away from breaking the record. So we know that he's closing in on 434. What was that? I thought he beat it a few weeks ago. No, I think I he be beats wrong. it the the week of Money in the Bank. That's what I was told. I think he breaks it this coming Monday. I think he might have snapped 400 days. He might have broken that record. Um, but I think he breaks Punk record. He breaks Punk's record um, this coming Monday, I believe, before the pay per view, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, that's that's a long reign of part time. Um, I know my friends that aren't like. Uh, diehards like me, like they're even sick of it. They hate watching pay-per-views with me on Sundays and not having the chance there. And just having a Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe random match as a main event for a backlash yeah. pay-per-view, you know, match that doesn't yeah, mean exactly. anything, and that's not good, and that no one cares about. I mean, I hope. I mean, well, I'll ask you right now. What match do you think will close out the Money in the Bank pay-per-view? And you have a few options. Um, you have the two ladder matches. You have the last man standing match for the WWE Championship yeah. between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, but you also have Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. Do you think they would make the wrong decision in putting that match on last? I have 0% chance that that will close out. I think that would be such a bad move. Um, I think the either last man standing or the men's money in the bank or maybe you still cut Rousey on last. I could see that happening. That's another possibility, too. Do you think they would do that? And as an early prediction, who do you think is going over in that match? Ronda Rousey, the new Raw Women's Champion, or Nia Jax holding on to the gold? Uh, Nia Jax holding on to the gold. Um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, they kind of have been bringing Natalia to this, right? Um, the backstage segment. Um, maybe that's a way to take her out of the ladder match and have her a role in the championship match on next Sunday. Um, but yeah, uh, Rousey might be a little early to put the title on her. Also, Jax might be a little early to take take the belt off of her right away. Um, yeah, maybe we'll see just an interference or uh, something, uh, not a clean finish involving Natalia, which might not make it main event. That's probably the best bet. Is that too predictable? Uh, pre- too predictable of a path to take with Ronda Rousey winning the championship and then Natalia probably winning the women's money to make ladder match and immediately cashing in the contract to win the title from Rousey. Oh yeah, I never thought of that. That could be pretty good. I could see that. 
Do you think that's what the future of the Raw Women's Championship picture holds beyond Money in the Bank featuring Rousey and Natalya? I mean, there is also Ember Moon, there is Bailey and Banks still doing their thing. Uh, what do you think the future holds for the picture, the Raw Women's uh, Championship picture on Raw? Um, I know me and you are both, I assume that you're a big Rousey fan by your tweets. I am, yep. Yep, um, I mean, she's still got a lot of ways to go. I mean, we saw her commentary on Raw, that was kind of shaky. Um, but, yeah, she was great in her debut match. I heard she was doing well in her house shows over on the, was it European tour? I think so, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, that seems like a good path to go. I mean, Natalia's a praised worker, and I'm sure she's willing to go out there and help out Rousey and maybe do the job for her. We'll see. I mean, they haven't done the best job of building up the match in recent weeks on Raw just because it's... With Nia Jax, she's a heel one week, she's a face the next, and vice versa. It just keeps on going back and forth, and it's kind of hard to follow the feud when there's no one to, you know well-defined babyface and well, one well-defined heel. Very confusing. Um, but speaking of Raw, that wasn't the only low point of the entire show. Also on Raw this week, we had the, uh, the Constable storyline with Baron Corbin being named... A pseudo-assistant for Kurt Angle, I would assume, on Raw um, in the absence of Stephanie McMahon. So Baron Corbin costing Kurt Hawkins his um, what could have been his first win in over two years, but instead he cost him his, um, what caused him, rather, to lose his 200th match consecutively in a row to one James Harden on Raw. Not the basketball player, but just some jobber named James Harden. Um, so that happened, and then he came out again a little later on to reverse the decision for the uh, women's tag team match, and he was doing some other stuff. So Baron Corbin was all over this show. And I'm a Baron Corbin fan, but the guy has not been lighting the world on fire in recent months. Um, is this not a massive mistake to appoint yet another authority figure on Monday Night Raw, even when Stephanie's not around? Um, yeah, uh, first of all, I, I like the Hawkins uh, match. I thought it was funny and entertaining although it didn't really produce much except for the Corbin thing. Um, yeah, anytime Stephanie McMahon is mentioned, I groan, I cringe on the inside. Uh, I know you tweeted you almost changed the channel last week when she was on. Yeah, yeah, when she was on a week or two ago, yeah, when she returned to Raw. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's definitely a mistake to bring Corbin on to a, a person with power on the show. That's been dragged out for the last five years of the authority, and it just becomes a major focal point of the show and takes up like mm. three segments of the show whenever there's a storyline involving the general managers or something. And they keep on teasing this thing with Kurt Angle, whether he's at odds with you know um, this guy or that guy, The Miz. He's been at odds with Kevin Owens recently, now Baron Corbin. Is, is this leading to a match at some point between Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin? And if so, how how much or how little are you looking forward to that eventual match? Um, if I was going to guess without any information, I would say I would guess that that would not happen. I don't think they put Angle on a match with Corbin. I don't know the reason. Uh, I don't think Corbin's a big enough name to put in with Angle. Um. Yeah, I don't see that really happening, in my opinion. 
if not a match, then what do you think the end angle, no pun intended, would be of this storyline with Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin as the authority figures on Raw? Um, I don't know, maybe to get some more heat on Corbin, maybe at least give him some direction on the crowded Monday Night Raw show. Um, maybe he can become the Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens uh, boy for Stephanie McMahon. With Baron Corbin, what do you think can be done to re- to help rehabilitate this guy after the bad booking that's been done time and time and time to again, uh, time he, that he's endured time and time again over on SmackDown and now on Raw and a feud with fucking No Way Jose? Like, what is this guy a future star or is he just damaged goods at this point? Um, I like Corbin. Uh, I've seen some. I've seen him do some great stuff. Like, uh, was it last year probably on SmackDown? It, it was a triple threat, so I mean, it wasn't all him, but he performed very well. I think it was Ziggler and Styles. Yeah, that was, I, I think, mean, the final SmackDown of 2016, yep. 2016, that was a while ago. <laughs> but yeah, we've seen him, he's capable of doing big things. Um, I don't know, that Money in the Bank cash in, that was just ugly. I hated watching that. As a fan of his and watching that slip through his fingers. Was yeah. Good. Yeah, it was. Uh, he has yet to recover from that moment where he uh, botched his cash in, and as you know, he, I mean, I know he won the United States Championship a few months after that, but still, by and large, he's not been well handled whatsoever by this company. The time that he's, uh, you know, that was almost a year ago. He won the Money in the Bank main event almost exactly a year ago, and a year later, he's not even on the card. So that's the thing of Baron Corbin at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with him, but that's just yeah, one of the many issues. Yeah, I remember he won the U.S. title. Yeah, no, exactly. That's how forgettable the uh, the run was that he had as U.S. champion late last year. Um, but you did mention Kurt Hawkins. I do want to talk about him real quick because he's been having this losing streak going for a while now, and it's you know it comes and goes, and it's been you know consistent. But you know he's on Raw for a few weeks. You'll lose a few matches, and then he'll disappear for like a month or two. Um, I wish he would become more of a weekly staple on the show. I think he's great in his role currently. Um, but it did look like, based off what we saw with Baron Corbin and him on Raw, that Kurt might be headed for a babyface turn. Do you think we could see a Kurt Hawkins-Baron Corbin match at some point? And if so, is Baron Corbin the first person that Kurt Hawkins could be to snap his lengthy losing streak? Um, yeah, it seems like a possibility. I don't know if that's the wise move if you're trying to build Corbin back up. But yeah, um, Kurt Hawkins, you said he's great in his role. I'm glad you said that. Uh, I didn't want to be the only one that like Hawkins. I think he's funny. Um, the Raw before SummerSlam. I know we both went to SummerSlam. Did you go to the Raw in Boston? The Raw in Boston. Which one? Uh, the one, the Monday right before uh, the SummerSlam last year. Oh, no, I was not there for that one, no. Uh, the match of the night for me was the superstars taping for Kurt Hawkins versus Kalisto. And Kurt Hawkins was working his ass off. He was doing very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of those guys I've always been a fan of, even dating back to his previous stint with WWE, because he always plays his role well. I mean, the guy's not a main event level competitor, and he's not the most amazing wrestler in the world. Um, but he's good enough in the ring, and his character work is great, too. Like, the loser stuff as, you know, the... Uh, the person who can never win a match. I, they, they got a t-shirt out for him now, which is great. So, yeah, I think he, he does really, really well in his role. I don't think he's going to eventually... I mean, I guess he could win a title at some point, but um, with Hawkins, 
I, I do think the end game is him win- winning at some point, whether it's beating Baron Corbin or whoever else on the show to a big pop. Now, it could be just a one-off, and then that's it, and they don't really do anything with him, but I do think he will win a match at some point in the not-so-distant future and um, lead to a big reaction, and I would hope that they could run with him from there as some sort of, like, ultimate underdog, a lot like they did with Heath Slater a few years ago, so I think that'd be a great role for him on Raw currently. Um, but speaking of losers, we had the B team winning that battle royal to become the number one contenders to the Raw Tag Team titles. Are the B team the right challengers right now, Connor, to Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt as the Raw Tag Team champions? And are they the ones that will take those titles from Hardy and Wyatt? Um, I don't believe that they will take the titles from them. Uh, I'd also like to say that they should not. I wish I could say that they shouldn't be the ones. Uh, I feel like they're the only one in the division with an actual storyline. They have something behind them. Uh, yeah, except for McIntyre and Ziggler, which looks like they're going to be doing their own thing. But yeah, I mean, I wish I could say I won't see the revival in the tag match, but like, I don't see they're not doing anything. So the B team's been having something for a few weeks. So I guess they're the next up. Yeah, I hate to sound like a broken record, but with the Revival, I mean, this team is just so good, but they've done literally nothing with these guys since they got called up about a year ago. Now, I know their momentum was stalled because of the various injuries they suffered in 2017, both of them, Um, but I mean, now they're healthy, they're back in full form, why not use them to their full potential instead of just wasting them and having them getting tossed out of these fucking loser battle royals in the matter of minutes? It makes no sense to me at all. Um, I was hoping they would maybe move over to SmackDown in the Superstar Shakeup and get a real, you know, chance to shine over there. I don't know if that really would have changed anything. SmackDown's tag team division isn't, and it isn't exactly lighting the world on fire either right now. The Bludgeon Brothers are rarely on the show. The Usos are rarely on the show. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think, uh, you know, they have potential, but maybe they will break out out of, the, out of this rut at some point, you know, down the road. But uh, one last note on Raw. Really not much else happened. We had the uh, the Riot Squad taking on Sasha Banks and Ramon and Bailey or Alexa Bliss originally. Then she got quote unquote hurt, and then that was it. Um, with the Riot Squad winning by disqualification, and then then because the outcome got reversed or whatever, Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn continue their feud, and we had Finn Balor beating Kevin Owens by disqualification in the main event. Any other major thoughts on Raw? There really was not much else. I was just gonna say. Um, has the build of the pay-per-view really done anything for you in terms of, you know, the way they build up the ladder matches? This guy faces that guy, and that's it. Like, what better ways can they build this pay-per-view without tiring out their audience? Um, well, that brings up another thing after I answer this question. Uh, yeah, so we got some singles matches between Owens and Balor. Uh, there's also, um, else oh Strowman uh, and Rude too oh yeah Strowman Rude I mean those are they're alright matches Strowman Rude this plain vanilla match Owens and Balor I thought that was a that was a good best up match uh, Owens DQ finish just I mean just set up for the ladder spot I guess at the end um, so yeah Owens and Balor uh, they had a good wrestled match um, I guess they Ended in DQ to set up for like the water ladder spot at the end, which was fine. I mean, I highlighted the money in the back, 
Money in the Bank uh, briefcase, which is important, I suppose. And uh, But one of my favorite um, parts of Raw, which we didn't go over, was when Big Show had the special Olympic athletes up there, and Ballard came out and did his entrance with them. That was really cool to see. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, too. I mean, they do that type of stuff all the time. It's always great to see. They do a great job with that type of stuff. But it kind of brings up an interesting question that we have not seen Big Show on TV since, like, September, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, this was his first, I think, appearance on TV since then. He wasn't at Raw 25. He wasn't at WrestleMania. He was advertised for the greatest Royal Rumble, but he didn't come back there either. Now, I know he was recently on Stone Cold's podcast. I think he said he was hurt, and he wasn't cleared in time for either event. Um, do you want to see Big Show be brought back at some point in a full-time role with Raw, or just can, kind of continue to make appearances like this on TV, helping out with like the Special Olympic stuff and you know stuff along those lines? I personally do not have any craving for Big Show on TV right now. Um, I mean, I'm, he's great at uh, the personal stuff, the advertising and everything. He's great with like the troops and everybody knows who he is so I mean he's great in that role it's, I don't see any need to rush him back into a regular TV role do you think he's better suited as an ambassador right now for the company um yeah I mean his stuff with Strowman right before Wrestlemania was good he had that in my opinion a great match for the main event of Raw I agree probably should have been on the Mania card mhm yeah, better than what they ended uh, up doing. I think they were in the Battle Royal that year. They didn't do anything that that year together outside of that the spot in the Battle Royal on the on the kickoff show of all things. Yeah, that was sad. Strowman should have got something on the card. Well, as we switch on over to SmackDown, the Blue Brand's women's division is kind of firing on all cylinders right now. I mean, not everything is great. Like Carmella and Asuka, you know, there's really not much to that feud, if you ask me. It's really just kind of there right now. Um, but they did get more time. I saw some stat on Twitter. They got more television time on Tuesday than the men did. Between the opening segment with Paige, um, Asuka versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, we had a mixed tag team match with Naomi and Lana, um, with Jimmy Uso and Aiden English. We had Becky Lynch versus Charlotte, and Paige was all over the show, too. She was involved in the contract signing. So, um, your thoughts in the woman-heavy show edition of SmackDown on Tuesday night? Um, yeah, it was, there's some good on SmackDown. Charlotte versus Lynch was my match of the week up until another match, which we'll talk about later. Um, yeah, we also had, uh, Andrade Almas's uh, valet, I, blanking on her name. Oh, Zelina Vega, good, yep. Yep, she had an interview. Um, yeah, uh, it was a slow start to the show, but it ended on a, yeah, there was a lot to like about this show. I mean, it wasn't the most exciting episode ever. Um, I mean, I think it's in a much better place than Raw right now. But you mentioned Becky Lynch and Charlotte. I would have had that match close out the show. The main event was good between The New Day, The Miz, Samoa Joe, and Rusev. Um, but I thought Lynch and Charlotte had a great match. They were they always work well together, so the fact they put together a really, really good match should come as no surprise. And then Becky Lynch scoring the clean victory, which was awesome. Um, do you think that's... Yeah a sign of things to come for Becky or was it just a way for her to build momentum heading into Money in the Bank? Well, uh, I don't know if you, you don't have an Instagram, right? I do not, nope. But they probably post it on Twitter as well, but 
WWE was pushing the all-time record between the two as four and three in Charlotte's favor. So they had Lynch tied up. I don't know if they were going to do something with that. Um, but yeah, I think Lynch probably needed this more than Charlotte. Uh, I mean, she's a fan favorite. She's a good candidate, in my opinion, to win Money in the Bank. Um, yes, they both looked really good. It was the match of the night for me. Off the top of your head, who is the best possible pick? <coughs> Excuse me. For that women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, before you called, I was looking at both of the options for the men's and women's. And women's is hard for me because Lana, I don't think she's close to being ready. Natalia, off of you, what you said about Rousey, she actually looks pretty good. Bliss, I mean, she just came out of the title reign. I don't think they'd go that route. Charlotte doesn't really need the briefcase. She can win it at will whenever she needs. Ember could be a good option. Becky as well. She hasn't had the title in a while, I don't believe. Uh, Sasha could be an interesting pick. She's been a tweener, is the term. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been feuding with Bailey. Uh, I mean, they probably finished that up, though, right? That feud. With Banks and Bailey? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, they, they teased it again on a Raw when Bailey came to their aid of um, Ember Moon and Sasha Banks and helped them win the match initially. And then they had that dumbass finish with the match with the referee. Like, I don't know. It was so stupid. I, I can't even, I don't even remember what happened, but it was so dumb, though. And they had reversed the decision, all that other stuff. But point being, they furthered the feud backstage with Banks and Bailey. So, yeah, that's still going on. Yeah, so. So I'm going to Natalia. I'd probably like to see Ember win it, if not. Ember Moon, I think, would be a good pick. Um, Natalia does make the most sense. I've got my money on Becky. I just feel like I know she's winning, which means usually that she's not going to win. That's usually just booking 101 for you. But with yep. Becky, I don't know. I feel like she needs this win more than anyone else. Lana is just fucking terrible, so let's just get her out of the equation immediately. She's fucking terrible. Everyone else thinks. Said it. What'd you say? I'm glad you said it. So yeah, exactly. I think we can all agree. Lana, hot as hell, awful in the ring, just absolutely atrocious. So that's all I got to say about that. But everyone else thinks stands a chance for the most part. Naomi, maybe not so much, but um, everyone else has some sort of story, a reason to win it, which is great. Um, but with Becky, I don't know. I just think she has this uh, je ne sais quoi about her when it comes to winning Money in the Bank and. The possibilities of maybe her going heel, maybe her turning on Charlotte, now that they've evened up their score, as you said earlier. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say Becky for right now. Maybe that'll change between now and next week when we do final predictions for the pay-per-view. But I'll say I'll say um, Becky Lynch right now. And Natalia's not a bad pick either just because, I mean, I feel like that's too predictable, but that is one way to go with her winning and then cashing in the contract on Ronda Rousey, um, that same show to win the Raw Women's Championship. Um, but yeah, speaking of SmackDown, I'm just thinking of other things that happened on the show on Tuesday night. We had the furthering of the feud between the Bludgeon Brothers and Anderson and Gallows. It was what it was. Um, the big cast promo, again, did nothing for me. The guy just is not that good. Bottom line, he's just not good. Um, are you a fan of big cast at all, Connor? And are you a fan of the feud between him and Daniel Bryan so far? I'm not a fan of big cast. Um, is feud with Bryan? I don't think it's been that bad. Uh, there's definitely worse stuff going on in the WWE, but 
uh, if they moved on tomorrow, I'd be fine with that. I wouldn't be missing anything. It's one of those feuds where it just like it feels like nothing's happening. I mean, Brian won the first match, which really was not that good to begin with, and then they followed it up with an angle on SmackDown where Brian beat the shit out of him, and then that was it. I mean, Cass has like, like attacked him a few times, but I don't know. Big Cass really is just not worth the investment. And I'm glad they got Brian on the Money in the Bank card, but I'm not looking forward to that rematch at all. Do you think Brian wins that one decisively to end the feed, or do you think Cass might win to allow for a rubber match at the um, you know, the the July pay per view Extreme Rules? Um, I hope Brian wins just so we can prime move on. But uh, Extreme Rules seems like a likely place to end it. Do you think they will drag it out until that point? What was that? You think they will drag it out until that point? Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, pretty bad blood between the two. I think Extreme Rules seems pretty likely. We shall see. We shall see. With Daniel Bryan, I mean, he's not being wasted right now because at least he's doing something. Um, but there are better people for him to be in a feud with than Big Cass. But hopefully it does end with him on the winning end and building momentum, hopefully, and, and before uh, re-entering the WWE Championship picture. Um, speaking of the WWE Championship, we had the contract signing on Tuesday's show between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura backstage for a change with Paige serving as the uh, moderator. Um, I thought this was really good. It was short, sweet, and to the point, and I think it was perfect in that, you know, it didn't take place in front of the audience. It didn't end in a brawl, as it usually does. And it furthered the feud effectively between Styles and Nakamura. Uh, your thoughts on it, Connor? Yeah, when uh, they showed us, they cut to the backstage area. I thought it was very weird, and I didn't like where it was going, but it ended up being good. Uh, they probably did backstage so they didn't have to do the brawl. Like if they pulled AJ Styles away from him in the ring, that'd probably be weird that two security members just were able to pull him away. But, uh, yeah, it turned out to be a good little segment and did its job. You looking forward to the match between AJ and Nakamura Money in the Bank? And if so, who do you think has the uh, edge in that one? Is that another feed that might be extending into Extreme Rules in July? Um, am I looking forward to it? Not yes. really, honestly. Um, it's been going on for a while. Uh, so two non-finishes didn't really sit well with me. Um... I see what they're doing, though. Uh, I mean, it can always it can always be a great match between the two. So, I have good expectations for it. I'm not really looking forward to it. I mean, we've seen it a lot, um, but, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I think their, their other matches were really good. I think this one could be the best match yet. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I'm, I'm looking forward to this match more than the other matches on the card, for the most part, with the exception of the latter matches. Um, so we'll see what they do in the last man standing environment. Um, but we'll see. I think they really got to put forth like a phenomenal, no pun intended, a performance at Money in the Bank to really kind of reignite people's interest in this feud. I mean, what we've seen so far has not been bad, like with the contract signing and stuff, but it could be better. So we'll see. Um, but that was really about it from SmackDown. Again, not the most newsworthy editions of Raw or SmackDown this week. Um, any other thoughts on the Blue Brand show from Tuesday, Connor? Um, yeah, there was a Samoa Joe interview backstage, and uh, I just might be plugging jokes. I think he's awesome, but he's a, he's something special. I mean, I wish he would have came 
I don't know when his prime was exactly. He might be in it right now, but I wish he came to WWE sooner so I could watch him longer. He's really special. Yeah, Samoa Joe, I mean, he's a guy that's just, again, killing it right now. In the ring, on the mic especially, the guy's one of the best heels they have. Um, do you think it's a lock that he walks away from that pay-per-view in Chicago as Mr. Money in the Bank? Yeah, I'd like to see it. Um, I don't think that's the route they'd go. I'd also like to see him win a title, like, straight up clean, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe a feud with Styles after his feud with Matt's done. Assuming that they don't drop it to Nakamura after. But I'd love to see the Styles versus Samoa Joe pro, uh, program go pretty far. But yeah, um, guy like Miz would probably be here. Owens would be a better choice for the briefcase, in my opinion. Yeah, either whether he's whether he's winning the briefcase or not, I do agree that an AJ Joe feud over the title, I think, would be great. A rekindling of that rivalry from TNA would be uh, fun to see in WWE over their top title. And I think the matches could be really, really good too. Even though they're like 10 years older, 10, 15 years older, I think the matches could still be great. So, um, yeah, Samoa Joe's a um, shining beacon of light on SmackDown recently. I mean, there's a lot of stars that I, I've been liking on SmackDown for a while now. But, um, you know, Samoa Joe's been one to watch for a while, and he, he should have, you know... Be playing in a, she should be playing an important role on the show coming out of Money in the Bank. Um, going into 205 Live on Tuesday, it's not often I do talk about the Cruiserweight show here on WrestleRant Radio, but they had a great episode on Tuesday. You mentioned that Charlotte and Becky had the match of the week before something else that we were about to talk about. If I had to take a guess, is Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy your new match of the week? Yes, it was. And why was that? Um, I thought it was the best wrestling of the week. Um, I mean, we got the, the Tommy interference at the finish, but um, I don't know. I just thought it was the best wrestling all week, and uh, it was pretty easy to give it to him. I thought this was great stuff. The crowd wasn't as into it as I hoped they would be, um, but still, the in-ring action was excellent. These two always work well together. If you haven't seen their other matches, definitely go out of your way to check them out. Um, they've had two other matches, two or three other matches on 205 Live in recent months. And they were always excellent, so this was no exception. And the finish, so Hideo Tommy get involved. Um, so it looks like he laid out both guys afterward. So it looks like he's going to be up next for a shot at the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, where do you think a match between Alexander, Cedric Alexander, the current champion, and Hideo Tommy, how good a match do you think those two could have over that title? Honestly, I haven't seen a lot of the Tommy in my uh, in watching NXT and 205 Live. Uh, I think I've seen a few matches of his. I've seen Alexander go, and I know he can go, but I'm sure Tommy can hang with him. I know that they can provide good content on 205 Live. I think it's a great push for a Tommy. The guy is good. He's kind of lost some steam since his NXT days, at least his early days of NXT. Um, the guy is still really, really good. I think they can have a great series of matches over that championship. But that's far from the only thing worth watching in 205 Live nowadays. They're doing some cool storyline right now with TJP and how he could be leaving the brand at some point down the road. Um, he's looking for offers from Paige and from Kurt Angle and even William Regal and NXT. I talked about this myself a few weeks ago, but do you, Connor, think that we could see TJP leaving 205 Live before long? Um... Yeah, that would be a possibility. I know they 
they've sent people to NXT before, even off the main roster. And that's, uh, that's worked and it hasn't. Uh, yeah, I could see TJ leaving. Speaking of people kind of leaving 205 Live, Buddy Murphy falling short of winning the Cruiserweight Championship last week. We just talked about him a moment uh, a moment ago in his match with Mustafa Ali. He's one of those guys where I really fear what they might do with him um, on the main roster, on Raw, or on SmackDown, just because he's really, really good, and he's had great matches every single week he's been on 205 Live. Uh, what would you do with him? Say he gets called up to Raw tomorrow. Would you put him with his... I believe they're still together. Put him with his real-life fiance, Alexa Bliss. Would you... I, I don't know. What else would you do with Buddy Murphy if he was on Raw or SmackDown tomorrow? Well, uh, after his uh, title match against Alexander last week, uh, I saw a lot of people tweeting about it. It must have been very good. But this was the first match I've ever seen from Murphy. Um, so he looked very good to me. He had a match of the week, so... I told you something. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, if he stayed on 205 Live, I mean, they don't get much time. They don't get much uh, exposure. But, I mean, I would like to see him on the main roster, but we all know that that's not like a automatic like gift. Uh, he'd have to have something special with him. Um, I'm a fan of Alexa Bliss as well. I mean, that could work. I don't know if they've had anything together on TV before, but, I mean, I'd like to see it. Give it a shot. Yeah, he's one of those guys where in the ring he's second to none. Um, he doesn't really have much of a character. I mean, he's been very well protected in on 205 Live. But like you said, the exposure really isn't there. But I was just thinking about this as you were talking. Could he be the perfect person to eventually answer the open challenge of Rollins on Raw? No one really knows who he is, but he has like a breakthrough performance and that really kind of paves the way for a successful run for him on Raw. Yeah, you're making my mouth water. Yeah, um, exactly. A match between those two would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of people answer the open challenges here from Cena, Rollins, uh, Styles used to do it. Um, we saw, like, uh, Kevin Owens come out, Sami Zayn's first match at Cena was awesome, even though he wrestled with, like, that separated shoulder, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a great way to introduce people. They don't have to carry on the microphone or anything they just get out there and do what they're supposed to wrestle uh, assuming Rollins walks out with the title intact coming out of Money in the Bank as he will be defending against Elias I think he will retain the title but you never know but uh, yeah I think that would be the perfect spot for him to really you know open some eyes and turn some heads on Raw if he was to go out there and have just a great match with Rollins win lose or draw whatever um, I think he could go out there and really have a breakout performance and uh, you know Turn some heads, like I said, and maybe hopefully make a name for himself on Raw at some point. Um, but that was 205 Live. We also had Lince Dorado taking on Brian Kendrick. Um, they will be clashing in six-man tag team action next week with the Brian Kendrick, Gentleman Jack Gallagher, and Drew Gulak taking on the Lucha House Party. Um, but one final note on 205 Live from Tuesday. We had a promo vignette run for the newest member of the brand, none other than Leo Rush. Uh, the man who got a lot of people, the man of the hour, as he calls himself, but the man that got a lot of people talking on Twitter late last year when he said something about Emma getting fired and made an Asuka joke, and people got really, like, upset about it, and people are still upset for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, but the guy is great. He really has not been on NXT that much, but 205 Live might be the best possible platform to, for him to be competing on right now 
just because he really was not going anywhere in NXT. Um, are you familiar at all with Leo Rush, Connor? And if so, or even if not, what are your expectations for him on 205 Live? Uh, I've never seen a Leo Rush match, but in my notes here, I wrote uh, during Leo Rush's promo that it interested me, it hooked me. So, I mean, he sounded like he could talk. He looked the part. Um, as you said, he can. he's very capable in the ring. So, I mean, yeah, I'm... I want to see him. I mean, it's one of those things with Leo Rush where, I mean, even the, even the beginning of the promo I thought was great for those that are aware of his history. Um, he was, like, tweeting on his phone. It's like, they know this guy's going to be a fucking, uh, you know, they, they know what they're doing with this guy. They know he's going to be a heel. They know he's going to be hated, so might as well just run with it. Um, but it's one of those things where he comes across like a great villain already as he, you know, really kind of finding his footing in that role. So we'll see how he fares. But in the ring, the guy is very, 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 very good. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he does in the brand. I think, like I said, NXT is so stacked at the moment. There's really not much place for him on the card. So he might as well move to a show where he can shine. So I'm looking forward to seeing him on 205 Live. Um, on NXT, I thought NXT had the best show of the week. Uh, we kicked off the night with Nikki Cross attacking the NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler setting their match in stone for TakeOver Chicago for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, the feud just barely came together on a whim, as did Asuka and Carmella, as did, you know, the Bludgeon Brothers versus Anderson and Gallows. But I'm actually invested in this rivalry. I think these two uh, have a great dynamic with each other, with the badass Baszler and the Crazy Cross. Um, I think they work very well together. But, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to the match, too. What were your thoughts on the segment, Connor? I thought it was well done. Uh, they both were able to portray either for Baszler, she's a badass, and Cross, she's crazy and isn't afraid of Baszler. Uh, they had a good little brawl. Uh, Baszler got busted open, which was, I think, good for Cross. It looked pretty cool. Um, yeah, I was a fan of it. Who do you think walks out of Chicago, the NXT Women's Champion? Is it Nikki Cross or Shayna Baszler? I think Baszler will hold on to it. And going forward, who else can challenge Baszler for that belt? Is it Candice LeRae? Is it... I'm trying to think who else is in that women's division right now. Bianca Belair? Who do you see stepping up as the next challenger to that championship post-takeover? I've heard a lot of good things about uh, LeRae. Also, Kyrie Saint fan. I'd like to see her in the mix. Oh yeah, Kyrie Sane's another one that I could see challenging for the championship at some point. I completely forgot about her. She was also on the show. We'll skip ahead of her match real quick. She beat Lacey Evans in a rubber match. They've been uh, kind of going back and forth for about two months now. But this was a good match. I think Lacey Evans has really come into her own in this feud. Uh, she really did nothing to impress me prior to this program. But so far, she's been um, you know one to watch. She's shown up a lot. She has been making strides left and right. As a character, her, you know that could use some work, but in the ring, she's getting better. On the mic, she's getting better. And I thought this was a uh, good showing from her. And Kyrie Zane ultimately emerged victorious, hopefully en route to the NXT Women's Championship. So your thoughts, uh, Connor, on Kyrie Zane and Lacey Evans? Yeah, I, in my notes, I wrote, this is my first Evans match I've seen, and I wrote, she looked very good. So I was interested in who she was, and I was going to see if you had any insight on her and let me know who she was and see if she's got any momentum towards anything. 
Yeah, we shall see. Time will tell. I don't know where Lacey Evans goes from here, but she did impress me with her outing here, so I'm looking forward to seeing where she goes. Um, speaking of impressive, without the Mighty, which is now what they're calling themselves, the former TM61 taking on two job guys, Mike Culey and Robbie Grand. Scoring the victory here in um, decisive fashion, putting the entire NXT Tag Team Division on notice. And already, again, I think they're better baby faces, but already they're kind of coming into their own as heels. Um, your thoughts so far, Connor, on the heel run of the mighty TM61 and NXT, and your expectations for them on the brand? Uh, again, this is my first time seeing TM61. Uh, I don't watch the weekly NXT programs, really. I watch the takeovers, and I don't think they've been on a takeover that I've seen. I've watched most of them in the last year or two. Um, they look pretty damn good. Uh, I don't think there's... I've seen anyone in NXT that can't work. Uh, even Birch later in the show, he was awesome. I've never seen him before. Was it... Oh, Danny Birch you're saying? Yeah. But talk about his match, too. Danny Birch is another guy who's been NXT... He's been in NXT for a while now as a job guy, but they're really starting to feature him more now. I mean, he, he's come and gone, um, and then recently came back. But with uh, the match with Roderick, I mean, it wasn't too, too long, but they were, again, able to further their feud, go in there, get in a couple stiff shots, and have a really, really fun yeah. match while it lasted. Uh, do you think with their match, Roderick ended up scoring the victory against Birch. Um, do you think Birch and Oni Lorcan have a remote chance of winning the NXT Tag Team titles in Chicago? Um, I don't know what the plan is for the Undisputed Era. Uh, I would probably guess that they'd hold on to it. Uh, you never know with NXT, though. They usually switch titles up earlier than I usually think. But uh, we'll see. Birch looked very capable, and Lorcan, I'm sure he's fine, too, in NXT. Yeah, both guys, I think, are going to be NXT bound for a while now. The Undisputed Era has been firing in all cylinders for months. Um, I would keep the belts in them for the foreseeable future. But Lorcan and Birch are also really, really good. I think this match could be the match that steals the weekend. Along with the Velveteen Dream and uh, Ricochet. Now, you said you don't follow the weekly product of NXT. So I want to get your outside thoughts, Connor, on the video package that ran for Ricochet and Velveteen Dream. Were you impressed? Yeah, um, he's such a cool character. Uh, when my, me and my friends saw him the first time, we were questioning it and, like, what the heck is this? Like, this will never work. But, I don't know, he became one of the coolest things in the next game. He wrestles very well. And he was really calm. And it was cool seeing him talk in the vignette. Yeah, both guys have a lot of upside. I mean, both guys are really, really good. They have plenty of potential. Uh, Velveteen Dream was the one who John Cena handpicked as an opponent for him down the road. Um, the choices were him, I think Ricochet, and Adam Cole. And all three are tremendous. Um, but it was interesting he did specifically point out um, Velveteen Dream as a feature opponent just because Velveteen Dream, I think, has come a long way with this character. I'm looking forward to their match in Chicago. That's another match I think can steal the weekend if given enough time. And given that it's NXT, I do assume they will have enough time. And then finally, the main event, or the main event segment anyway, uh, we had Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa going at it, furthering their feud, which has been the hottest thing going, not only in NXT, but arguably the entire WWE right now. 
Uh, these two just having great segments week in, week out. Gargano beating the shit out of Ciampa, locking in the uh, locking him in the um, Gargano escape. Ciampa doing the same thing to him, uh, blooding each other up and all this other stuff. It was a great way to close out the show. Um, did you like what you saw here, Connor? And your thoughts on whether this should main event the Takeover show coming up over Alistair Black and Lars Sullivan for the NXT Championship? Yeah, uh, I love what I saw here. I love Gargano and Ciampa. I think they're both very good. We're talking about hot heels with Joe. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa has got to be up there, too. Uh, his promo at the beginning was insane. It was really good how he played the crowd. The crowd was really into it, as you could tell. Like Every single person was chanting something. Um, he was eating it up. Uh, Johnny, I don't know, he must have got him really good on the... The, uh, the Titan Tron, the lights, the LEDs. His head was busted. All that blood is pouring out. Mm-hmm. Really cool to see. Good way to build it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the way they've been uh, putting this whole thing together has been great. I thought the execution of this angle was tremendous um, with the Titan Tron and then the when he came to the crowd and jumped over the barrier. Everything about this has been amazing. So I'm looking forward to the match. These guys have plenty of potential to go down and have, again, another match of the weekend contender. Um, on paper right now, Connor, which match or which show are you looking forward more, uh, more to? I know you said you've checked out most of the takeovers in the last year, year and a half or so. Which more? Which show are you more excited for, Money in the Bank or NXT TakeOver Chicago? Uh, well, I'll tell you which one's more likely to be the best, and it's TakeOver. Uh, the talent they have and their track record of producing good shows is second to none um yeah I put my money on takeover but uh, I'm always I like me some money in the bank matches and it's always exciting to see you walk away with a briefcase yeah I mean the briefcases the briefcase matches are always exciting you, you never know who's going to become Mr. Money in the Bank so those matches are always worth looking forward to the show's going to be good I think on paper it has you know potential um but I do think takeover will be the better show of the two just because, I mean, TakeOver is always amazing, and you get you look at this card, and it's hard to not be excited for it. Um, so I'm looking forward to both shows, and then TakeOver will be the better of the two. And I'm looking forward more to TakeOver than Money in the Bank. But they are in Chicago, should be a hot crowd in the city for both shows. Um, speaking of Chicago, though, before we go off the air, I do want to ask about this, Connor. This Saturday night, UFC 225, CM Punk stepping back into the octagon for a second time. After his initial loss back in September of 2016, where he lost to Mickey Gall, this time getting uh, facing or taking on the likes of Mike Jackson. Uh, not Michael Jackson, not the singer, but rather uh, Mike Jackson, the fighter. Um, he did, recently did an interview with Ariel Hawani of MMA Fighting, or one of those websites, um, the famous MMA journalist, talking about the fight, the court case that recently wrapped up. Um, have you been following the court case between CM Punk and Chris Amon, and uh, were you satisfied with the results of um, Punk ultimately winning and putting that chapter of his life behind him finally? Uh, yeah, I followed the court case a little bit. I read some reports uh, during the days of trial on Twitter. Um, to be honest, from what I read of the uh, evidence that was provided, I didn't think it looked good for Punk, but I was um, I guess relieved for Punk. I mean, I'm a fan of his. I don't think he's why about stuff like that, but he won. Um, that was good to see. Um, 
Yeah, and also his fight coming up. I'll be watching that. I watched his first one. A little disappointed with the result. Uh, I want to see him do well, but I mean, I'm sure he's been training hard. I have faith in him. Good luck to Punk. Do you think the outcome here changes anything? Do you think he will continue to fight, if even if he loses on Saturday? Do you think we continue to see Punk conti- uh, fight in an octagon, whether it's UFC, Bellator, or whatever, if he loses on Saturday again for the second straight time? Uh, well, I thought I read a thing that said that Punk's fighting for another contract here, so um, with the UFC at least. So if he were to lose here and not get another contract, I think that Another MMA promotion would be stupid not to sign him. I mean, uh, Bellator just signed uh, Jack Swagger a few months ago, I think it was. Yep. Um, I'm a Bellator fan. I watch that a lot. Um, I like to see him in Bellator. That'd be cool. I think Lashley has ties there, too. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but, yeah, I mean, Punk's a very big name. Uh, I think he could draw money wherever he went. It'd be good for any promotion and do you think if he does lose on Saturday uh, this has been a big question do you think he's all in do you think we might see Punk at the all in show in September I mean it, it is worth noting that he said in the aforementioned interview he was asked flat out will you appear at the show in September and he said no very decisively very promptly no hesitation um, so I would guess that he's not but some, some people are still pretty set on the fact that Punk will be all-in come September. So do you think this changes anything in his status in the wrestling world? Um, I mean, it's possible. I don't see it happening. Uh, from what I hear from other people's testimonies, that when Punk does something, he does it 100%. I'm sure all his focus was on uh, MMA. Also, he had to be focusing on the trial, which I'm sure took a toll on him, so... I don't know if he had any time to plan anything with professional wrestling, but I would personally doubt it. And down the road, not even speaking, you know, for the foreseeable future, not even really speaking come September, but more long-term, do you think we could see CM Punk back in WWE? Obviously, he recently wrapped up the court case with the WWE's top doctor, so it's not in the cards anytime soon, let alone in the next five years, I would guess. Um, but still, I have always maintained, dating back to 2014, that Punk will be back at some point, even if it takes 10, 15, 20 years. Um, what do you think Punk's chances are of, of eventually coming back? Maybe not to wrestle, but just as like a Hall of Fame induction for an appearance. Um, what, what do you think the odds of that are? Um, well, I mean, we've seen it before, uh, like Bret Hart and guys like that, um, but I think Punk's a special type of person. Uh, I think we don't know the type of guy he is. Um, he's very adamant and headstrong with his opinions and beliefs. Um, yeah, he... It's hard. He... I'm sure we could see him down the road. I mean, AJ left the company. She was still working there. Uh, I think she left on good terms. I mean, that could be one of the building blocks like the other guys had. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would want to see it. I mean, it's up to him. Yeah, it's totally a punk call. I think they would take him back in a heartbeat, but it's more about whether punk would want to come back. So, I mean, it is what it is. 
Um, but nonetheless, as we wrap up here, Connor, thanks as always. I mean, thanks for the first time for joining me here on the show. This is the first time you've been here on WrestleRant Radio. I always enjoy talking is what I meant to say. Um, but for the first time here on the phone on WrestleRant Radio. But before I let you go, where can the people find you on Twitter? I know you mentioned your Twitter handle at the start at the uh, start of the hour, at the top of the hour. Um, anything else you'd like to plug for the people? Um, nope, that's about it. Well, Connor, thanks for coming here on the show. Hopefully we do this again down the road. And uh, enjoy UFC 225 on Saturday. Go CM Punk. Thanks, Graham. Talk to you later. All right, thanks, Connor. See ya. As for me, folks, as I mentioned earlier, you can find me on the Twitter machine at WrestleRant. Find me on Facebook as well, facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews. On YouTube at youtube.com backslash c backslash graham.gsm.matthews. And, of course, check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday right here, not only on NextDayWrestling.net, but also on iTunes. Simply search up WrestleRant Radio on Apple Podcast, rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and you'll get every new episode on Thursdays and all the archived episodes dating back to October of 2013. So with all that being said, folks, enjoy your week. We will be back next Thursday with another all-new edition of WrestleRant Radio this time, breaking down and previewing and predicting the cards for NXT TakeOver Chicago and Money in the Bank with returning John Ritland. John Ritland is always a treat to have here on the show. He's got a great YouTube channel going. Check out his show when you get a chance. Check out his YouTube channel. Check out his Twitter, at Reborn Again. He's great. Thanks to Connor once again for joining me. I'll catch you next week, guys. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Wow.